This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day, and it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes, to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help, so here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. Colorado Gives Day. Easily the best day to give. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And I've got a couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on your email address is Talk2RichieL at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com, TalkToRichieL at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format. Here are a handful. Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, Pandora, Spreaker. Just to name a few. Flagship station WNVA, The Gold Rush, which will rebroadcast this show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Back that up, Mountain Pacific, Central Mountain Pacific, all that. Uh, also streaming live via Thunderous Radio. By the way, the hyperlinks can be found for that for Zeno.fm or Thunderous Radio uh, stream through, if you will. Can be found at ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or .com. Uh, and you can also search uh, Thunderous Radio at streamiter.com, mytuner.com, and radio.net. Look for the icon that has a lightning bolt coming down the left-hand side, right-hand side. It says Thunderous Radio. Also, uh, uh, affiliate Net News Network at netnewsnetwork.net, where this show will also be available. This episode of the show will also be available uh, later on. Uh, it'll be a little, little later on this evening, or depending on when you're listening, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it'll be up there. Maybe by the time you're listening, it will be up there. Maybe you're listening to it from up there. But uh, it'll be at netnewsnetwork.net. Plenty, 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 plenty to talk about. First of all, let me get a little personal. Uh, yours truly had a bit of a health issue. I won't bore you with uh, the details, but had to go to, uh, it resulted in me going to a cardiologist. I wore one of these monitors. Apparently, the heart monitor apparently is inconclusive. Uh, I've never had heart issues before. Not 
100% sure I have them. Cardiologist seems to be a little vague on some stuff. I don't know. Uh, so there, more testing is going to be done uh, in a couple, about two and a half weeks. He, his initial conclusion is I may have a blood pressure problem, a mild blood pressure problem. I don't think I do. Maybe I do. I don't think I do. Um, could be maybe a little bit of borderline hypertension. That's run in my family in the past. I don't know. But I won't get into all the boring details as to what led up to this. Uh, I had an instant, and I'll leave it at that. Every test, medical test, I think no demand was run on me. Everything came up clean. <laughs> EKG came up clean that I did not have a heart attack. But uh, then the cardiologist says, well, I did see something kind of on your EKG in recent history. I mean, something's going on. Maybe I don't know. I might have had a heart attack. Might have mild heart attack. I don't think I have. I mean, you, get, you know when you have a heart attack, mild or otherwise. I mean, come on. I've actually been told, it was actually told a number of years ago by a cardio specialist in Austin, Texas. I had one of the best looking hearts you'd ever seen. They did the sonogram, put me on the treadmill, the whole nine yards. Uh, everything looked good. Said the heart was good for another hundred years. So I don't know what's going on. Anyway, keep us in prayer. Also, the lovely Mrs. L dealing with uh, continued health issues. I won't, I won't, again, bore you with all the details on that. She's got some pretty major health issues that resulted from the chemotherapy from her cancer treatment. Thank God she is still cancer free. Hallelujah. However, the cancer treatments gave her three other ailments. So, uh, you know, there you go. So please pray for her as uh, she is just dealing with what seems like a, a regimen of doctors and all sorts of therapies and this and that and other things and yada, yada. So uh, please be in prayer for us. Uh, you know, you're, when, you, when your health goes a little bit, uh, it, it's bad news. Uh, you know, if you got your health, consider yourself blessed. For, I'm still a fairly healthy guy in some ways, but I do have some issues, and um, I won't bore you with what those health issues are. Of course, as we get older, we tend to get more of those. Not that I'm ancient, uh, but it's you know as you get a little older and get into middle age and a little past middle age, then things kind of start to uh, go south on you, and it just seems like it happens overnight. It's just phew, there it is, boom. So I've got a couple issues that I'm dealing with. One of which causes me great pain, which I think is a bone spur on my heel, but I'm not sure. And that can certainly run the blood pressure up. And the, and the cardiologist was uh, conceded that, you know, that could be the root of your problem. It may have nothing to do with your heart. You could just be because you're in too much pain, your blood pressure's up. But he said if the blood pressure continues to stay high, that can put stress on the heart. And it's not good for the heart. And the older we get, you know, blah, 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 ipso facto domino effect. So either way, got to get to the bottom of all the stuff as the mystery continues and grows on whatever the heck's going on with me health-wise uh, in that regard. So please keep us in prayer. Appreciate it. That'll have been said moving uh, now to uh, what's going on in the world today, besides my health. And hopefully your health is good. Uh, think about the folks in Hawaii. Pray for them if there's, uh, I know that there are charitable organizations, Christian charities that are mobilizing. If you go to ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or .com, you will see uh, a couple of links there in particular for... Uh, the Salvation Army, who always gear up and go into places if they're or if they're there already geared up, and Samaritan's Purse, that is Franklin Graham's organization. Those are two organizations I highly, highly recommend. I've worked with Salvation Army on uh, raising money for disaster relief, uh, going going way back. In fact, when I was in Austin and uh, a radio broadcaster there. I uh, actually worked with them on some uh, directly on some fundraising. Some of you may remember Katrina and all that. They were a, a critical part of that. Samaritan's Purse, I have not worked directly with per se, but I'm very, but know some people who have. 
and know some people who have worked with them and have heard nothing but great stuff about what an incredible organization Samaritan's Purse is. I don't know if if they're mobilizing yet to get into Hawaii to take to help uh, with the relief of what's going on there. But if you haven't heard, uh, the island of Maui uh, pretty much ashes. Uh, the uh, many many communities there wildfires uh, ripped up much of that island. Much of that island is in ashes. The, the towns, villages, if you will, gone. There are some towns that are gone. They they don't exist. I've seen some incredible before and after pictures, Google Earth pictures. It's pretty pretty mind blowing. It's like a bomb went off. I mean, it really does. It looks like it was just nuked. Um, Big Island. I have heard reports had two or three. Uh, uncontrolled wildfires small ones that uh, erupted those can get bigger of course i do have family uh i won't give away relation for their privacy sake but i do have family in hawaii right now an extended family so please pray for them Uh, they are doing okay i found out they are doing okay and are on uh, in an area of safety so they're fine kind of worried about them but please pray for the folks in hawaii at least 36 last i checked at least three dozen dead that, that i'm sure the body count's going to rise tourists are stuck there's tourists. i saw some images of tourists sleeping on sleeping on the sidewalk on the street uh piled up in ho- and um, uh uh the airports piled up in hotels and motels and, and again in some cases there's no room they're sleeping on the streets so a lot of tourists got stuck and stranded. They're trying to get the heck out of there, and I don't blame them. Some of this is due to a hurricane that was actually hundreds of miles away from Hawaii but had some shear winds that were coming around the thing and some kind of a pressure system that was blowing in winds. Uh, I saw the, all, the, all the Weather Channel, I think it was this morning, that they were talking about uh, some of the winds recorded on some of the islands where uh, wind gusts were about 80 miles an hour, but most of them around 60 or less. But when you've got dry conditions and the wind whipping around and and wildfires going, then it doesn't take much to get those things to spread. And a lot of structures uh, in Hawaii are, you know, they're built out of wood and and so on and so forth. And that just goes up like a matchstick. So please pray for the folks in Hawaii. Um, it's it's a mess there, and they're gonna there's gonna be again more. I'm sure more bodies discovered. It's very sad, very tragic uh, what's going on there on some of those islands. So, and again, some fires still going and burning, they say. So let's hope they can get that under control, get those fires put out, get people moved to safety, uh, get folks who are now homeless, uh, sheltered, and all that goes with that. So it's a disaster area there. And, of course, I'm sure the Federal Relief folks will be coming in ASAP if they haven't already. Uh, and then, of course, all the private relief organizations, Christian organizations. Again, if you're an organization or a church, or maybe your church, you may have a uh your church may have a maybe part of a denomination or something that has a church there that you're going to sponsor or help out or whatever. Do it. All I'm saying is do what you, do what you can do. Uh, and if you're able to put a couple of bucks to the prayers to help people out, by all means, please do that and please pray for those folks because that's just that's just just horrible. Like I said, hit kind of close to home because I do have a family there, member there, extended family member there, and I thought, whoa, what, what's up? And uh, got me kind of concerned. And thank God they are out of harm's way and uh on an island where one of the islands that's that's safe or a portion of the island is safe so uh but again do what you can do all right let's not forget our our christian brothers and sisters there's a lot of christians that live in hawaii a lot of them there's a lot of ministries there and i'm sure some of those have been affected one way or the other 
or are having to open their doors and let people in and feed people, clothe people, shelter people. And that's a pretty mammoth task if you're you know, a small church. So uh, do what you can do to help out and help out those relief organizations. And of course, above all else, pray. Let's take a pause. More Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. We're going to get into what's going on with the Biden family, all the family there. Also, part two of something I began last show about New Testament giving and church economics. We'll get into that later on in the broadcast, second hour. Stick around for that. More to come. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. The views expressed on this talk show may not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates, associates, providers, sponsors, or underwriters. So there. Now here's your host, Richie L. Oh yes. What's the old saying, what a web we weave when we seek to deceive? Well, I've I've said that the Biden administration, we're watching it uh, sort of implode or crumble by a death of a thousand cuts. And it just seems like every other day or thereabouts, uh, every week, every month, <laughs> something is dripping out, a new twist, a new turn, uh, new evidence, et cetera, et cetera, about the uh, Biden family and their influence peddling schemes. And selling the influence. Uh, the mainstream media has done very little r- reporting on this, and what they've pretty much said as well. You know, Biden is is is, uh, is clean on this. It's this is all Hunter. And of course, initially, if you know the history of this whole story, initially they were dismissing everything. The laptop was Russian disinformation, all of that. Won't retread all that. We've we've gone over that ad nauseum and infinitum. But looking at some of the the uh, newer twists and some older things that people are having to be sort of re-reminded of in both the administration and the media. For example, this being reported by, reported by Brandon Gillespie, Fox News. 
Hunter's text about Biden making him fork over half of his salary resurface amid the new Democrat talking points that are out there right now. Uh, don't worry, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary, Hunter wrote in the uh, text that was off the laptop. Uh, the Bidens have been in the influence peddling business uh, for decades. Uh, according to Jonathan Turley, I'm going to let you hear a clip from him. A new Democratic talking point dismissing a Wednesday House Oversight Committee memo about the Biden family foreign business dealings has led to the resurfacing of past texts by Hunter Biden suggesting he had to fork over half his salary to his dad, who was who? President Biden at the time, VP Biden, or just in between maybe uh, the presidency's VPs at the time when he was just uh, there in between uh, gig, shall we say. Following the memo's release, which produced bank records reporting to show that Hunter and his business associates received millions in payments from Russian and Kazakhstani oligarchs when his father was vice president, uh, Democrats pushing back on the investigation have clung to the fact that the record showed no direct payments to Biden. Well, and, and it may, that may be tricky to prove because, again, all this stuff is going through these shell companies. It's called money laundering, folks. Passing through more than 20, according to bank records. And by the way, these are, these are records coming from banks and from the federal government. You know, there is this federal banking commission and all that. And when, when huge amounts of money transfer to banks, red flags go off. Okay, that, that that sends alerts in the system. Since 9-11, when there's significant size wire transfers, deposits, transfers from bank to bank to bank, because of some systems put into place to sort of flag these things, uh, since 9-11, because, you know, they're afraid that maybe terrorists might be doing some funny stuff. Since then, when these kinds of transfers happen, little, uh, shall we say, alarms go off. Now, sometimes they mean nothing. Uh, sometimes they mean something. And uh, according to uh, the, uh, the the feds, there have been uh, quite a few of these, uh, little, shall we say, flags that have gone off. Where these, uh, if you want to call them, I'm using the term flags a little loosely here, but alarms, if you want to call them, uh, it's been noted, hmm, X number of dollars went through this this bank, then over to this bank, and went through this account, and hmm. And the... This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day, and it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help, so here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. 
Colorado Gives Day, easily the best day to give. Yeah, uh, the house, the uh, the house lawmakers have those records, some of those records, and they're apparently getting more. We'll hear from uh, I hear you all play a clip from uh, Jim Comer here in a bit. Um, following the memo's release, which produced bank records purporting to show that Hunter and his business associates received millions in payments from Russian and Kazakhstani oligarchs, uh, one former Biden White House official, Kate Berner. Uh, took to social media to tout a statement from Politico in its analysis of the memo, which noted that the memo doesn't show a direct payment to Joe Biden. Well, not so fast. Uh, Quote, now might be a good time to remember Hunter Biden has complained about Joe Biden forcing Hunter to give him half his salary. Abigail Marone, communications director for Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, tweeted in response to Berner. Seems like some of this stuff is going down the memory hole, is it not? Uh, Marone included a screenshot of text Hunter sent to his daughter, Naomi, in 2019 that were recovered from his infamous laptop. Uh, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family uh, for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I'm going to make you give me half your salary, Hunter wrote, according to the New York Post, who reported the text last year. Pop would be Biden. That would be Daddy Biden. Who else would he be calling Pop. A uh, text from Hunter Biden to his daughter Naomi in 2019 suggested he had to fork over half a salary to his dad. The committee's 19-page memo, which provides screenshots of, of redacted bank records, plural, says millions in payments came from Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings, as well as Russian oligarch Yelena Baterina and a Kazakhstani oligarch uh, Kines Rakshev, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and that then-VP President Biden attended dinners with uh, Baturina and uh, the rest of the, the gang there and a representative from Burisma. Then Vice, quote, then Vice President Biden met in person for significant periods of time with those individuals or the representatives of memo states. Then Vice President Biden joined approximately 20 phone calls on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates and attended dinners with foreign oligarchs who paid huge sums of money to Hunter Biden. Joe Biden, the brand was the only product the Bidens sold. Uh, the third bank records memorandum follows two previous memos from the Republican-led committee tying Biden family members to payments linked to entities in China and Romania. The committee says the foreign payments to the Biden family now add up to over $20 million thus far. The third bank memo, the result of subpoenas of several banks not belonging to members of the Biden family, specifically discusses three of the many firms founded by Hunter Biden, Rosemont Seneca Partners, LLC, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, LLC, and Rosemont Seneca Baha'i, LLC. The committee also uh, provided screenshots of bank records. They say demonstrate that Burisma, um, I'm sorry, Batarina, rather, the, the widow of former Moscow Mayor Yuri Luskov, wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton on February 14, 2014. Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, Devin Archer, also confirmed the payment during his interview last week. Then a total of about uh, $2.7 million was transferred to Rosemont Seneca Bohad, which uh, Hunter co-owned with Archer. They were both uh, partners in that. So these are pretty huge sums of money that are being transferred. And you don't think Joe Biden isn't maybe getting a, getting a little piece of that? Isn't maybe getting a little piece of that? I mean, how could he not? Let me let you hear a clip 
from uh, Jonathan Turley. He was being interviewed on uh, on Fox News, and let me let you hear this. Um, I mean, this is he's a law professor, and this is his take on all this stuff. And then, and the newly released uh, these newly released bank uh, records, or at least these memos of the bank records. And then, uh, of course, I'm gonna let you hear a clip later on of Jim Comer saying more is to, more is to come. Uh, but let me let you hear his take on this in terms of of the evidentiary aspect of this. And bear in, bear in mind now, these LLCs, 20-some-odd thus far that they can pinpoint that had uh, Hunter's fingerprints on them, shall we say. I mean, what were these LLCs, what were these companies, these shell companies, what were they doing? What services and goods were they offering? Were they setting up, uh, I don't know, restaurants and hamburger joints? Apparently not. Uh, were, were they were these airline investment firms? Apparently not. Were, were these uh, some kind of vi- advisory firms? Hard to tell. What do these companies actually do? Now, of course, anyone who's been in business any, any amount of time knows that it's pretty easy in the state of Delaware. Uh, that would be Joe Biden's home state. Uh, it's pretty easy to set up these uh, these corporations and, and companies and shell companies. Of course, you can set up Nevada uh, Corps and all that kind of stuff. So it's not that hard to set these things up. Not, and it doesn't necessarily mean something illegal is happening. I'll grant you that when these things are set up. But you got 20-some-odd different shell companies, LLCs, Limited Liability Corporations. That's what that stands for. And what what are they offering? What services and products do they offer? Well, that's the big question nobody can seem to answer. But they have an awful lot of money flowing through and in and out of them. You know, uh, we we saw back in the 1970s and 80s and 60s, the mob did a lot of this. Organized crime does a lot of this. The cartels do a lot of this kind of stuff, you know. But And again, not every time that the shell company stuff doesn't necessarily mean something shady's happening. I'll grant you that. There's a lot of folks that set up LLCs and limited liability corporations and partnerships, LLPs, et cetera, et cetera. And they kind of, they kind of exist on paper, and there they are. Uh, but when you have this many... And these kinds of dollars flowing through, and uh, the federal banking folks kind of going, hmm, a little red flag kind of going off. I've been hearing in the ballpark of roughly 150, uh, where they kind of were going, hmm, looks a little odd here. Then you start kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and a picture begins to emerge. Again, let me let you hear, let me let you hear Jonathan Turley. This was him on Fox News. What are the legal ramifications of these newly released bank records? Who better to ask than George Washington University law professor and Fox News contributor Jonathan Turley a Democrat, is here. By the way. So, Jonathan, can you make some sense of this for us? How does this change things? Well, it basically confirms, Sandra, what we have known. It's just there's more of it than we thought. I mean, we're now up to $20 million coming from sources from Romania, Ukraine, Russia, China, Uzbekistan. All of these are highly corrupt figures that are giving millions of dollars that are going to the Biden children, even grandchildren. And the result has been overwhelming in in the sense that President Biden's long denials have been demolished. It's not true that he had no knowledge of his son's business. It's not true, as he's claimed, that his son made no money in China. And so much of Washington's falling back now and saying, all right, 
Maybe there was influence peddling, but it was an illusion. And you can't show corruption or a crime related to the president unless you can show a direct payment to his account, like a like someone would hand him an envelope full of money. Well, obviously, that's nuts. The Bidens have been in the influence peddling business for decades. They're not going to do something as stupid as having a direct deposit into an account of Joe and Jill Biden. Instead, the money went to family members. Well, while this appears to tie um, all of this directly back to the president, Jonathan, Democrats are still saying that this is not the hard evidence Republicans have been promising. So is this the smoking gun for the investigation that Republicans are saying that it is? Well, these are millions of dollars going to the Biden family fund. And so the Democrats and some of the media can continue to close their eyes and say, I don't see any evidence. But there is a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence of money transfers through a incredibly complex labyrinth of accounts. Uh, those accounts laundering. seem structured to avoid uh, people from being able to monitor or follow these transfers. But these transfers occurred. Millions of dollars was, were transferred. In one case, you had money going to one of these accounts, and the next day, the same amount going to buy a luxury car for Hunter Biden. And so there's plenty of evidence here. And all that people have now is the claim that unless you can show Joe Biden directly receiving money, he didn't benefit. Well, that's just ridiculous. A person at his age is more concerned, very likely, about his family. And this was filling the coffers of the Biden family with a great deal of money. And that is a benefit. Of course it's a benefit. And he was benefiting, uh, either directly or indirectly, however you want to look at it, from all this cash flowing through. All right. I mean, it's stacking up. And you've got to be blind to ignore it. Willfully blind. Back with more. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. This is Truth Today. Today, Psalms 25. Show me your ways, O Yahweh. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all the day. Remember, O Yahweh, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me, for your goodness sake, O Yahweh. 
Good and upright is Yahweh. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. This is what Psalms is talking about. Yahweh is love. Love is keeping the commandments, and mercy is loving kindness. It all fits. We have a loving God, Yahweh. This has been Truth Today. All right. So, from, according to Representative James Comer, GOP is eyeing subpoenas uh, for various members of the Biden family, including Hunter, to come before Congress because they're probably going to plead the fifth. Getting them up in front of Congress, putting them under oath. It's being reported by Alicia, Alicia Warren, Fox Business. House GOP to subpoena Biden family bank records don't lie, Representative Comer says. Um, it's possible they may be uh, subpoenaing some folks and Biden family and put them out on the. Put him up in front of Congress. I don't know. Uh, President Biden and his son Hunter may have their day in court at the, as the House Oversight Committee prepares to subpoena the father and son duo amid ongoing probes into the family business dealings. Uh, Representative James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, joined mornings with Maria Thursday to discuss the, the latest fallout was today uh, fallout from the Biden family business probe, telling host Maria Bartiromo that the House Oversight Committee plans to subpoena the Bidens. That would be interesting. I'm sure that they'll uh, kick and scream, and I'm sure that lawyers will. It'll be a mess. It, it's is it likely to happen? I mean, they can subpoena them, but are, are they likely to show up and talk? Who knows? Uh, it, they can all plead the. I mean, Hunter can plead the fifth. Joe can plead the fifth for that matter. Uh, so I, I wouldn't. They'll be pushed back from the White House. Legal challenges. It, you know, this will be. A dust up. This will be more drama. Is what this will be. In all likelihood. But let me let you hear uh, Representative James Comer again. He's on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show. And by the way, this is uh, before I play the clip. This is uh, this is him this morning. Uh, this will be Thursday. I don't know when you're listening to this. Uh, speaking with her ab- about this whole thing. Well, we found more bank records that show the Bidens continue to rake in millions of dollars from our adversaries around the world, much of it while Joe Biden was vice president. Remember, just a few months ago, the the president and the media were telling us that, uh, number one, no money ever transferred to Bidens while Joe Biden was vice president. That was false and false in a big way, said that his family never received money from China. That was false. We've proven that false with their bank records. And he said he never communicated with any of uh, the people who were wiring his family the millions and millions of dollars. And that was probably the biggest lie of all, Maria. That's what we proved with the Devin Archer transcribed interview. Joe Biden communicated with every single person that sent his family money, even going so far as to having dinner with them. And that's just what we know about. Uh, I think that as we bring in more people who were in on the uh, the influence peddling schemes, I think we'll find more communication with Joe Biden. But we've already found more than enough to prove that he has lied to the American people over and over again. Well, certainly when you look at the the as I've mentioned before, six policy decisions Joe Biden made that we feel uh, were made 
because of money that his family took in. Uh, firing the, the prosecutor in Ukraine is at the top of the list. Look, he's already admitted he did it. He bragged about it. That's on video. We know from the testimony oh. from Devin Archer a few weeks ago that the Burisma executives were pressuring Hunter Biden to call D.C. to do something about this prosecutor. Four days later, then Vice President Joe Biden gets on a plane and, and goes to Ukraine and, and threatens to hold up foreign aid uh, in exchange for terminating the, the special prosecutor who was investigating the corrupt energy company that was paying his son millions and millions of dollars. We also know that the FBI had that 1023 form that alleged that Joe Biden took a bribe from that same company. So there's a overwhelming evidence that Joe Biden was uh, very involved in that policy decision because one of the, the bank records that we disclosed yesterday showed that uh, his son received over $3 million from this Burisma. Mm. And remember, Maria, in that Form 1023, the uh, oligarch brags that it would take investigators 10 years to unravel all the different money that he sent the president. This is our escape pod, the family wagon, the coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day. And it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes, to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help. So here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. Colorado Gives Day. Easily the best day to give. Son and the president because they sent it through so many different bank accounts and so many different shell companies. Now remember, we've already proven that the Biden family has at least 20 shell companies. Even the money that was sent uh, from the Kazakhstan to, uh, to Hunter Biden for the car was sent to a shell company. I mean, this is a pattern that the Bidens have done to hide the source of the revenue and then to deceive the IRS so they wouldn't pay taxes. If, if it's not bad enough that uh, the, the president's family has been involved in a pay-to-play scheme, uh, on top of everything else, they didn't pay a penny of taxes, according to the IRS whistleblowers, on the over $20 million that yeah, they received from our that. enemies around the world. Unbelievable. Have that, and that's usually a, a big no-no when you don't pay your taxes on, well, sums of money that big, <laughs> at least. <laughs> uh, most people go to jail or at least are, are fined very heavily or in some cases both. Uh, let's just, and he hit on something there. Uh, pretty interesting. I'm no lawyer, but, uh, you know, I understand how the IRS works, believe me. So, 
just lay every push everything else to the side. Just the fact that apparently this money was, I guess you could say, hid from the IRS when it shouldn't have been, and the IRS is going like, "Where's our cut?" You know, and Joe Biden's always talking about the wealthy paying their share of taxes and mean corporations need to pay their share. What about him paying and his family paying their share of taxes on this, these millions of dollars? And I think they're, they're still discovering how many millions it is, but it's it's quite a few millions so far via tw- uh, 20 some odd, uh, and it could be more than that before it's over with, shell companies. Uh, and of course, bank accounts associated with those shell companies, which is, you know, typical, and you're not paying money on uh, taxes on this stuff. We already know that Hunter Biden's in trouble with the IRS anyway for some tax problems. Those may be uh, spread around. Could be Papa's in trouble with with the IRS. Could be some other family members are in, are likely in trouble with the IRS. When you don't, when you're getting those kinds of sums of money, and you don't report to the IRS. And you can't deduct it on your taxes. They're going to come around going, where's our, where's our share? I mean, right, wrong, or different. I'm no fan of the IRS, trust me. But the rest of us have to, you know, live by these IRS rules. It, it, but here's another example of the political elite going, well, you know, not us. Rules for, the, rules for thee, but not for me. I mean, there could be a huge tax thing here. Forget all the other stuff. Forget all the other stuff. It's starting to look like on the surface, and again, I'm not a lawyer, nor do I work for the IRS, nor am I a tax expert, but but on the surface, it looks like there's tax violations here. I mean, again, forget everything else. Push everything else aside. It appears the Bidens may have broken the law when it comes to just the tax laws. And when you're talking these kind of sums of money, and if it's done intentionally, well, that tends to put people in jail. I mean... They got Al Capone on tax. What put Al Capone in jail, really, when it was all said and done, was was tax evasion, tax fraud. That's where they get a lot of these big gangsters and crime families on, really, is tax fraud. Because the money's secret and hush-hush and, you know, is laundered. And they never pay taxes on it or don't pay enough. And that's usually what busts a lot of these crime organizations. That's usually what what they go after him for the FBI, DOJ and the IRS working together. That's uh, that's usually a tactic that has been done historically for years to get mafia guys. I mean, and again, going back to the days of Al Capone, that's how they got Al Capone really was on, was on tax problems, you know, on not keeping up with his taxes. So uh, this could be en- enough right here to hammer the Biden family, Hunter, daddy, and everybody. I don't know. Again, I'm no attorney. I'm just throwing that out there as speculation. But, you know, <laughs> uh, the IRS is not people you want to mess around with. And, again, these according to what these whistleblowers have said, some of this stuff looked pretty shady to them. And they were told, don't go there. Really? Well, if it had been you or me uh, with 20-some-odd shell companies and millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars and giant checks coming through from people all over the planet, you, you better believe the IRS would be down our throat and up our you-know-whats want to know what's up. But you see, there's a different set of rules for the political elites. Again, rules for thee, but not for me. No, no, no. And this is what sickens a lot of Americans. That's why people are getting ticked off. Because they're seeing this stuff and going, well, wait a minute. If this were me, I'd already be under the jail. If I did even a tenth of the garbage hunter did, the gun violations, tax violations, you know, I'd be in jail for years. 
Jonathan Turley's pointed that out, by the way. Law professor. We got more to come. Stay close. Phone screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bono's Wireless, certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10, and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bo Knows Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bo Knows Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638-6380. That's 638-6380. Bo knows wireless. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. You're listening to Christian Talk That Rocks. Uh, Washington Post fact checker. Who checks the fact checkers, right? Washington Post fact checker fixes incorrect Marisma report with an update. Uh, misinformed voters ahead of the 2020 presidential election be reported by Paul Sperry, Real Clear Wire. For the second time in three years, the Washington Post has quietly, quietly updated one of the most consequential fact checks in the history of American politics. It's October 2020 article, Undercutting Reports that Hunter Biden arranged a dinner meeting between one of his foreign business clients and his father, who was then vice president of the United States. The original article by the WAPO chief fact checker Glenn Kessler was published the same day as New York Post pre-election scoop, revealing that Joe Biden had attended a 2015 dinner with a top executive of a Ukrainian energy firm that would be Burisma which was paying his son 83000 bucks a month. Kessler fact-checked a fact check involved interviews with a host of Biden aides who vehemently disputed the vice president's attendance at the dinner, and of course they would, and advanced a theory that the source of the information, a laptop hunter had abandoned at a Delaware repair shop, was untrustworthy and possibly a Russian plant. Uh, remember the that whole Russian disinformation thing? The laptop was phony. It was a Russian plant, and 51 uh, uh, current and former whatever intel people got on, wrote a letter saying, oh, yeah, it's bogus. Yeah, uh-huh. That conspiracy theory was, of course, quickly embraced by 51 former intelligence officials who signed an open letter dismissing the New York Post scoop as having all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. This letter had the Washington Post fact. Che- this letter and the Washington Post fact check were used by the Biden campaign, other media outlets, and social media platforms to discredit the information contained on the laptop in the final days of the campaign, as you may recall. All right, uh, um, the uh, the articles. Um, uh, in their 13-year history of fact-checking feature, of course, they they uh, claimed you know this was all just Russian disinformation and yada yada, and that uh, there had been pushback from the from the uh, uh, Biden administration on this stuff. All right, you with me so far? 
Kesha would later boast that it was uh, one of the most uh, read articles in the 13-year history of uh, of the uh, fact-checking feature of the Washington Post. But Kessler's fact-check has not aged very well. In fact, just last week, Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer, testified before Congress. Of course, he wasn't necessarily under a hard oath, but uh, the article was uh, that the article was not correct reporting. Instead of re- retracting the article, as the Post did with some of its debunked Russiagate coverage, or running a straightforward uh, correction, the paper has uh, appended a series of updates to its reporting. The Washington Post and other media have tried to squelch the scandal of Joe Biden potentially using his high office to enrich himself and his family, said a congressional investigator. Uh, almost nobody is fact-checking these biased fact-checkers, and they carry a lot of weight and authority. Well, they used to, but with most of us, they don't. In his original article, Hunter Biden's alleged laptop and, ex- uh, and explainer, Kessler took... Th- the Biden camp's word that the then vice president never met senior Burisma official uh, Vadim Pusharsky on April 16, 2015, and didn't even attend the dinner in question at a Georgetown restaurant. Kessler also expressed open doubts about the authenticity of the laptop. Kessler wrote that the New York Post stories purportedly came from a Hunter Biden laptop supposedly left at a repair shop, quoting an author of a book on disinformation. Kessler also questioned the authenticity of the emails on a laptop. The specific email in question, the New York Post called it a smoking gun, was an April 17 message uh, from Pocharski thanking Hunter Biden for the opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Officials who worked for the Biden uh, for the Biden uh, team at the time told the fact checker that no such meeting took place. Well, apparently it did, according to this email, from the person he met with. <laughs> I mean, this is from the laptop. This was an email sent to Hunter. Uh, where Wojcicki is saying, yeah, I enjoyed meeting Dad. Of course, they were just meaning to talk about the weather, right? Climate change and all that. Officials who worked for Biden at the time told the fact checker that no such meeting took place, Kessler asserted, noting that it was not listed on the former vice president's schedule and that it was unlikely Biden even went to the restaurant. Out of the election with Biden in office, and as more details about the dinner trickled in over the next several months, the Washington Post on June 7, 2021, appended Kessler's story with a note that the article had been updated. It linked to a revised version, which carried the headline, Hunter Biden's Laptop, uh, the April 16, 2015 dinner. And the news are, and the new article, Kessler acknowledged Biden did, in fact, go to the 2015 dinner, which was held at Cafe Milano in Georgetown, but insisted that there was less to the story than one might imagine. Uh, Kessler quoted Biden allies who said the vice president had only dropped by briefly and only to say hello to a personal friend tied to Biden family charity, adding uh, that Biden didn't even sit down at the table with his son. He cast doubt that Pucharski, the Burisma executive, was part of the group, even though the New York Post reporter Miranda Devine pointed out to Kessler through Twitter that Vadim was on the ga- was on the guest list Hunter sent to Archer before the event. Uh, Devine called Kessler's reporting sloppy. I agree. However, Kessler stopped short of conceding he'd been burned by the, the team Biden for the next two years. He and the Washington Post stubbornly hewed to his original story, albeit with some alterations, that the dinner was much ado about nothing and that Republicans were falsely trying uh, to tie the, uh, the Biden uh, dad to the son's corrupt Ukrainian benefactor. But transcripts revealed last week revealed that Archer, who sat on the Breesman board with Hunter and attended the Cafe Milano dinner, confirmed the New York Post reporting about the event. 
In a recent deposition before the House Oversight Committee, Archer testified that not only did Posarski attend the dinner, but so did Biden, and not just for a brief uh, drop-by, as Kester claimed in the revised 2021 version of the story. Archer recalled the then-Vice President sat down and stayed for the dinner, which was held in a private room in the back of the restaurant. I mean, who's going to go to Cafe Milano and just breeze through and, and you know, just nibble on a breadstick and draw and leave? You're going to have dinner there. It's a fancy, nice restaurant, one of the best restaurants in the world, they allegedly. After Democrat lawmakers and, uh, uh, and lawyers quizzed him about the Washington Post story, Archer said, that's not correct reporting. Asked uh, last Thursday if the paper still stands behind Kessler's story, WAPO spokes, post, uh, spokesperson Kathy Baird told Real Clear Investigations that the paper was addressing Archer's revelations following up on your earlier inquiry. She said this piece has now been updated. In a latest version that was published August 3rd, Kessler also added a, parent, a parenthetical update several paragraphs into the piece that Archer and his dis- deposition disputed the recollections of Kessler, Biden's uh, sources about the dinner, and another update also inserted later in the story. Kessler acknowledged that Archer told investigators that and about Burisma officials uh, Posharski attended the dinner. This was an update of a previous update. <laughs> so they're updating the updates. Finally, at the end of the story, Kester again cited Archer's interview to correct his earlier reporting about a dinner attendee who did uh, not, in in fact, attend the function, but he referred to it as an update instead of a correction. And and it is uh, in its related 2020 story, the Post appended another correction masquerading as an update at the bottom of Kessler's piece, which noted that the laptop Kester implied was disinformation had, in fact, been authenticated. Well, the FBI grabbed it. Uh, and had it in their possession for 10 months prior to the election. Uh, all told, the Post has run six corrections <laughs> across its original revised Kessler stories. I mean, come on, really? It's time to just kind of probably pull the story down and say we were wrong. If you've got to uh, correct it and amend it that many times, I mean, come on. Come on. I get it begs the question, who's, uh, who's uh, fact-checking the fact-checkers, right? Uh, despite the rolling disclosures reaching critical mass, the Post has not published a separate news story uh, examining, of course, its own errors, which m- misinformed voters ahead of the uh, November 2020 presidential election. And they're not. Republican lawmakers say the Post's uh, inaccurate and misleading fact-checking is a microcosm of how the Washington press corps has been ignoring evidence, will some have. Some are starting to nod to and start to ask some questions. Ignoring evidence of Biden family influence peddling and corruption, which they say had a chilling effect on criminal investigations. Media coverage uh, often drives investigations into public corruption as well. The appointment of independent prosecutors when there is a political conflict, as in the case of the Biden-controlled Justice Department looking into the Biden family, but not during this administration. So anyway, there you have that. But uh, not to belabor the point, but uh, the the mainstream media's reporting on this has at best been, at best, been incredibly lukewarm, if they even talk about it. Of course, it's all Trump all the time. Uh, my contention is... This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. 
Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day, and it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes, to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help, so here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. Colorado Gives Day. Easily the best day to give. Okay, fine. Go all Trump all the time, but you can't ignore this over here. And by the way, Trump's not in the White House. This guy is in the White House. It will be for a couple more years, another year and a half-ish or so. Um, And maybe longer than that if he runs for election and wins, which I have a doubt on both counts. But uh, that's a guy that's sitting in the chair in the Oval Office. That's the guy with the finger on the nuclear bomb, so to speak. This is the guy who's in charge of things in his administration. To me, the Trump thing over here is kind of a sideshow, almost a distraction. Trump's not in office. Trump may never be in office again. It's quite plausible. It may not happen, probably won't happen, but it is within the realm of plausibility that the Republican National Committee can pull the plug on Trump and say, you know what, you're too much of a hot potato and radioactive. We don't want you running. Remember, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are both private clubs, gang, and they can kind of set their own rules. The Supreme Court said that to the Bernie bros when they sued the DNC because of some of the shenanigans they claim went down between the Bernie uh, team and the uh, Hillary team uh, with the the, uh, DNC rather back um, during that election period of the 2015-2016 election cycle. And the Supreme Court's attitude was pretty much, so what? They can do this. They're a private organization. They can set their own rules. Uh, so they affirm that. They confirm that. I've been saying that for years, guys. These are two private clubs. We go look at the websites. Go look at who their accounting firms are. These are two private clubs. Many of, these, many of the primary elections that are held by these parties are not, in the strictest sense of the term, in, in, in many parts of the country, not all, are, in the very strictest sense of the terms, are civil elections. Okay, these are just two clubs saying, you know, here's our guys and gals that you can pick. All right? And some of these uh, stricter primaries, which are strictly RNC or DNC or both, or whatever, uh, those are not entirely full civil elections in some cases. You need to understand that in the strictest uh, sense of the term of civil election. So these are two private clubs. So they could tell Donald Trump, hey, buddy, you know, sorry. Uh, you just got too much legal issues and too many problems, and we're not we're, we're, we're not going to let you on the ticket. We're booting you out of this thing. To which he'd probably go form his own party and run as an independent, because he's going to run as he go, won't let him not run, I think, if he can, if he can possibly run. If the legal, if the legal uh, web around him isn't too tight. And some of that is probably going to fall apart. I think some of these indictments are going to come unglued. I, I really do. You've heard the old story that grand juries can indict a ham sandwich. 
and I think some of this is going to be ham sandwich stuff, and it's going to fall apart. Some of it may stick, though. And that may be the sticking point for him, uh, being able to run, being able to even be on on ballots, even in primaries. And again, the RNC could just up and say, you know what? We appreciate what you've done for us, Don, but uh, time to cut you loose. Now, I kind of I doubt that will happen, but it could. It's within the realm of possibilities. Probably a low-end possibility, but it could happen. Then what? So my point is, this is the guy who's in the driver's seat right now, Uncle Joe Biden. That's why I'm more focused on this than the sideshow of Donald Trump. Okay? This is a guy who's running things, helping to create policy. Again, got his finger on the on the uh, the nuclear warhead buttons, okay? This is also a guy who's got some cognitive things going on upstairs. If you've watched uh, his Weather Channel uh, interview, that was all over the map. He doesn't know which wonder the, of the world the um, Grand Canyon is and so on and so forth. Who's prepping this guy? He's everywhere and incoherent at times. It's just so I have my doubts that he'll complete his his full term, probably because of what's going on upstairs. Not as much of the legal stuff swirling around him could be a combination of both. And I, I have said on this show repeatedly, I'm not so sure he will complete his his uh, full term. Of course, that means Kamala Harris will be president. I have said get used to saying that. <laughs> Maybe just for a few months. I don't know. But uh, she may be the president. It could happen. I think it's very much within the realm of possibilities. Will it happen? I don't know. I have no idea. But it's it's uh, fascinating to me how the uh, main stink media uh, has danced all around this thing and, and keeps spewing out what are talking points from the White House. They're just coming apart. I mean, they're just coming apart. But I have said before that, and, and watched before, the mainstream media crash its credibility, what little they had to begin with, on the rocks of the next election cycle. And they've done it time and time again to where they're losing credibility right and left. They're losing it right and left because they won't talk about things that need to be talked about. They it, they have this attitude, well, if we don't talk about it, it didn't happen. If the tree didn't fall... If the tree fell in the woods and nobody heard it, did it really fall in the woods? That's sort of the attitude they're taking. And this is why much of the public, especially the voting public, is giving them less and less credence. We've got more to come as we move to the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Don't move. You deserve a laugh today. Let's enjoy a family comedy minute with Bob Smiley. So they, the captain comes on, and the captain's doing his whole, you know, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to Flight 1 from Phoenix to Houston with a short layover in Michigan. Um, <laughs> so everybody's trying to get situated, and we never can just take off. We always have to go through the whole oxygen mass, the, you know, exits, the whole everything. They always say in the event of a crash landing, a uh, water crash landing, that you can use your seat cushion as a flotation device. <laughs> If I'm ever in a crash, the seat cushion I was just sitting on. (laughs) I don't want anywhere near me. 
Remember, it's smart to laugh. Come visit us at FamilyComedyRadio.com. That's FamilyComedyRadio.com. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. You're listening and into the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Don't worry, it's safe. Uh, we'll keep you safe. Just keep your hands inside the compartment at all time and don't feed the animals. A couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Well, I want your email address is TalkToRichieL at gmail.com. That would be T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. TalkToRichieL at gmail.com. Uh, flagship station WNVA, The Gold Rush, which can be found at WNVARadio.com. They will be rebroadcasting this show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon. Uh, of course, back that up, Central Mountain Pacific. Uh, several ways to get this uh, broadcast and podcast format. Here's just a handful. Podcast Attic, Anchor FM, Player FM, Mixer Box, Cast Box, uh, Google Podcast, just to name a few. And also uh, affiliate Net News Network at netnewsnetwork.net, where this show will also be uh, uploaded. They take select episodes of uh, various podcasts and uh, radio shows and talk shows, et cetera, et cetera, and make those available there at netnewsnetwork.net. Also uh, being streamed live, uh, usually when we go live, usually it's between 2.06 p.m. Eastern and roughly 4 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, of course, back that up, Central Mountain and Pacific, depending on the time zone you happen to be in, on Thunderous Radio. The hyperlinks for Thunderous Radio are available at ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or .com. You can just look for them right there on the page. In fact, they go to Xeno.fm, actually. Or you can also go to Streamwinter.com, MyTuner.com, and Radio.net. And you can uh, search Thunderous Radio at those locales. You know, you want to go look for the icon that is black and blue that has a lightning bolt on the left-hand side. And the font on the right-hand side. Uh, don't choose another one because that ain't it. All right, that's that's the one you want. There's a few other ones out there, and you know whatever. 
uh, I'm not going to take legal action against him at this point or whatever, but that that's um, that's when you want to look for it. New poll out says most voters support Texas floating barriers. It's been controversial. A uh, new poll conducted by TIPP Insights for the Daily Mail found that most Americans supported, well, that's what, that's what George W. Bush called us, right? Americans supported the floating barriers along the Rio Grande put in place by Texas authorities. Overall, 51% of voters support the controversial 1,000-foot barrier, which features sharp uh, kind of saw-like things leaking each buoy. Only 35% disagreed, with 15% responding that, well, we don't really know. As they went back to eating their Cheetos and watching... Uh, whatever they were watching on the computer in their parents' basement. The results are even more stark when broken down, specifically a plurality, 28% strongly support the buoys. So that is followed by 23% who support them somewhat, 20% who strongly oppose them, and 15% who somewhat do. A subsequent article by the Daily Mail revealed that older people, as well as those in the Northeast and the Midwest, were more supportive of the floating barriers. The TIPP Daily Mail survey of 1,369 United States adults was taken from August 2nd through 4th, and a plus or minus 2.0% point margin of sampling error, blah, 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 you know, usual junk. Now, uh, this uh, comes as a, a backdrop of accusations from some lawmakers in the mainstream media that the barriers are illegal and intended to hurt and even or even kill uh, the illegal immigrants. Now, uh, Governor Abbott has defended the buoys numerous times, saying they were part of a state's Operation Lone Star policy. Now, let's look at something, because a lot of people are saying, well, they're, they're, they're getting in the government, federal government's territory. They don't have a right to, to defend themselves like this. They don't have a right to put up bears. They don't have a right to call out the National Guard and do stuff and be mean. They can't defend themselves. Well, is that what the Constitution says? Is that what the Constitution says? Well, let's take a look at uh, states for the Constitution defending themselves from any kind of an invasion. All right, when states are invaded, what's supposed to happen constitutionally? Well, let's look first at Article 4, Section 4, Clause 2 of your U.S. Constitution. Quote, The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government, comma, and shall protect protect each of them against invasion. Let me repeat that. The United States shall guarantee to every state, in other words, the government, federal government, shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion, comma. Actually, that's a sem- I'm sorry, that's a semicolon there. And on application of the legislature or of the executive, where the legislature cannot be convened, against domestic violence, kind of like what we saw in 2020. That is the job of the federal government. They guarantee this to the states. In other words, if a state gets invaded, federal government guarantees we're going to come in and help protect you. Okay? Well, these are just people who are just trying to bear their lives. They're not like invaders or soldiers. Well, not so fast. Because it was revealed yesterday, it was revealed yesterday, that authorities down there, they released, they released photographs. These were digital photographs. I think they were like night cams or something like these hunting, you know, like these night hunting cams or whatever things these people put on trees. Anyway, they were some kind of digital photographs of cart- heavily armed cartel members on our side of the border. A few miles, on, several miles actually on our side of the border going through the brush heavily armed, 
with automatic weapons, or at least weapons that look like they were automatic, who knows, probably were, because they can get them, automatic weapons, that would be machine guns, uh, heavily armed, wearing body armor, cartel members, forging around, running around through the brush on our side of the border, near border crossings. Why? There's another one of a guy who was about mid, mid-river at another border crossing, heavily armed. Now, there have been reports for quite some time of law enforcement and other authorities running across these folks, Border Patrol folks, running across these heavily armed guys, and, and they tend, and, and, you know, a Border Patrol agent with a pistol, here's a guy with a machine gun, body armor, heavily armed, and, there, and a little shootout ensues. Guess who is going to have the better advantage in that little shootout? So we are having armed incursions by cartel members. Now, the cartels themselves are a paramilitary organization. I would direct you to video from last November and December of them fighting. I think that's about the time frame it was, if I'm not mistaken. Fighting uh, Mexican military. And holding their own. These are paramilitary organizations. And they're terrorist organizations. They behead people, just like ISIS did. Um, I've had a guest on this show, Stephen Williford. He is the Barefoot Defender. You can go to his channel, Barefoot Defender. He's talked about the things he has seen down there at the border. He doesn't live too far from the border, frankly. He lives in far south Texas. This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day, and it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes, to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help, so here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. Colorado Gives Day. Easily the best day to give. Just, um, he's the guy that stopped the gunman that was at, at that Sutherland Baptist Church that was shooting people, uh, killing people, and uh, wounding people. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, Barefoot Defender. And he has shown clips, videos. He's been on the show talking about the, the, the rape trees on both sides of the border that you can find down there on both sides of the border, the rape trees. Many of the people crossing over have armbands given to them by the cartels where they've paid money to go through. They double check. So like, sometimes you go to like, a, I don't know, an event or a carnival or a nightclub. They put an armband on you. That's what the cartels do, showing that you paid your 1200 or whatever thousands of dollars to, to get through. They're making money off of this human trafficking. 
Okay, they're a paramilitary organization. They're a terrorist organization. I don't know what else you would call them. So when you have people coming from a foreign country, from a paramilitary organization with heavy weaponry coming across your border into your country, they aren't there to do charitable work. They're there for mischief, to do bad. That's an invasion. Now, let's look at Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, or ships of war in time of peace, comma, enter into any agreement or compact with another state, comma, or with a foreign power, semicolon, or engage in war, uh, comma, unless actually invaded, or in such, unless they're invaded, or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. In other words, they can't sit around and wait for the federal government to get its act together. They're in danger. They're being invaded. In that kind of an instance, then they can muster the troops. What Governor Abbott should issue, and he may have, I don't know, but what he should issue to the National Guard is if you see these cartel guys, shoot them on sight. That's what he should tell them. They're foreign invaders. Use deadly force if necessary. Shoot them on sight if necessary. If you can't capture them, kill them. Okay? They are a foreign paramilitary invading force. Think about the fentanyl traffic that's killed over 200,000 Americans. That's more than were killed in Vietnam. That's more than were killed in all the, the terrorism fighting and, and wars who were fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. Look what we did to ISIS and those terrorist organizations, by the way. When are we going to start doing that to the cartels? I'm not saying we invade Mexico to attack Mexico itself. I'm saying we pick up the phone, call Obador, and say, hey, we, need, we're, we want to help you. You want to get rid of the cartels? Yes, I know the Mexican government is corrupt and just about as corrupt and vicious as the cartels. I get that. Mexican military is very corrupt. I get that. But compared to the cartels, I think they're the slightly lesser of evils at this point in time. Not, not by much, I'll grant you. And many of them are bribed and turned the other turned the other way. And yes, I know that the dust up between the cartels and the Mexican military was was a fight over control. I get that over you know over the action, getting their piece of the action. I get all that. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. It's going on down there for a year. Look, the Mexican government, everybody in South Texas, everybody in Texas that's lived there for many years will will freely admit the Mexican government is corrupt to the hilt. Has been for years. What else is new? But somebody needs to pick up the phone and call Obrador and say, you know what, we're go- we want to help you get rid of the cartels. And we send in our Delta Force guys, we send in our Green Beret guys, we send in the Navy SEAL guys, we send in the, the, the big, bad, tough guys and gals that, you know, knock, doors, knock open doors in the middle of the night and put bullets through people's heads, like we did with Osama bin Laden. Well, that sounds pretty harsh coming from a Christian. Well, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? But it's also harsh that 200,000 people have been killed. It's also harsh the human trafficking, the, the raping, the sex trafficking. Oh, they're up to their eyeballs in the sex trafficking. Have been for years. Look up Jacob Boyens, who's been on this show a number of years ago, working with Homeland uh, Department of Homeland Security to try and, and disrupt some of this stuff and get people out of the human trafficking, especially young women. They, these cartels, wherever they can make a buck, they'll make a buck. Well, it's human trafficking. They'll, they'll sell their own mothers to the devil to make a buck. I mean, that's the way these cartel guys roll. At least ISIS had some sort of an ideology. (laughs) These guys have no ideology. They're God's money. 
I mean, it, it's all about the Benjamins with him or the pesos or whatever. And, and so, so yes, Texas has the constitutional authority and right. I don't care what the federal government says, and they're trying to sue them for dare defending themselves. They have that right. When the federal government drops the ball and won't do it properly, they have the right. It's right there in Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. Please go read it. There it sits. Now, we're going to go to a quick little break here, and then we'll let you hear a clip from, um, from Greg Abbott, Governor Abbott, and also... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a talking head on one of the big networks admitting mm, maybe Abbott was right. Greg Abbott had a point. He was right. I'll let you hear that clip coming from uh, a uh, depositor of knowledge on one of the big uh, mainstream media outlets. And more as Christian Talk That Rocks rolls forward. Stay close. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. God created all things by his word. How does the word have the power to create? Because his word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. From John 1, listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at RadioBible.org. Now, back to the talk show that tastes a lot like chicken. Here's your host, Richie L. All right, all right. Uh, I'm going to let you hear a clip in just a second from... uh, uh, Governor uh, Greg Abbott, he was being interviewed on uh, Newsmax and talking about what uh, he's been doing to try and and uh, keep Texas, uh, what, what he's doing to, and, and to kind of curtail, which he needs to do more. He's, I don't think he's doing enough, honestly, to curtail the illegal immigration that is now ramping back up again. In fact, I saw a report where just in the Eagle Pass sector alone in the past several days, they've estimated approximately, this is coming from the BP people, the Border Patrol people, that approximately, Texas authorities, that approximately uh, 900 folks a day, just in one little sector of the uh, Texas border with Mexico, which, by the way, is roughly uh, 1,200 miles in length uh, as the river snakes, uh, of course, not all of that can be crossed because some of it is just, it's you know, there's huge cliffs and it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's just, you, you know, you can't cross it. But the, the areas that humans can relatively safely cross, uh, that in that particular sector alone, uh, in, in the past several days, approximately 900, an average of approximately about 900 folks a day coming through there, just in one little sector. There's just one little sector uh, along our entire southern border which goes, of course, from roughly Brownsville all the way to, you know, 
the southern border, obviously, to, to the to the waterline there of the ocean with California. Uh, that's a lot. So it's ramping back up. It kind of slowed down, which it does during the hotter months of the year because it's just too dangerous to cross. It, it does that every year. Of course, Green and Spin Machine, John Pierre was, hey, you know, border crossings are down. You know, like we did that. No, you didn't do that. The, the, the sunshine and the heat did that. <laughs> uh, th- that happens every year. But then when it, you know, usually long about August and when in the fall, look out, it, it really starts to ramp up as the uh, weather begins to cool. So it's starting to kind of come back up again. It, it'll, it'll go more. It'll get higher. Those border crosses go higher by the time September, October rolls around when it's a little bit uh, uh, less risky in terms of the temperatures. You know, it's 110, 15 degrees. Look hard to cross uh, uh, semi-arid landscapes. Uh, it's, it's very dangerous, especially on the elderly and the children and the sick and the whatever. Right. Uh, so let me let you hear this clip from uh, Governor Abbott. This is him being re- re- uh, interviewed on Newsmax. In an inhumane way. Uh, he's actively undermining this our border enforcement plan, here. which, again, has the lowest level of unlawful border crossings in over two years. Because he's making hate. this more difficult. And so he's not operating in good faith here. That's my answer. All right. So, Governor, now the DOJ is suing to stop Texas from preventing illegal immigration into Texas. How do you respond to the White House claim that it is you who is causing chaos by defending Texas? Well, first, the chaos has been caused by the Biden administration and its refusal to enforce the immigration laws of the United States. Remember, it was just four years ago we had the fewest illegal border crossings in four decades. Under Joe Biden, we have the largest number of illegal immigrants ever. Texas is the only governmental body in the United States of America that's actually preventing people from entering our country illegally. And so as opposed to stoking chaos, it's only Texas that is abiding by the Constitution, using our constitutional authority to deny illegal immigrants access to our country. Now, NBC's Chuck Todd uh, had something to say about Craig Abbott, had to admit something, which I think was kind of funny. This is being reported by Ian Hange at Breitbart.com. On Wednesday's broadcast of NBC's uh, Meet the Press Now, host Chuck Todd discussed complaints and demands for help from federal government from Democratic officials in New York and Massachusetts, and frankly elsewhere, about the influx of illegal immigrants in their areas and said that Texas Governor Greg Abbott was right. That Democratic-run cities would be angry at the Biden administration once they had to bear the weight of the illegal migrant influx themselves. And, and yes, it was a political stunt. And, and frankly, yes, I have said and called it out that it was a violation of 8 U.S.C. 1324. But nevertheless, uh, it, it, yeah, it kind of worked, I guess. Um, and, and, and now Chuck Todd is, is saying, well, you know, he was right because it, it, it puts the bee back, if you will, the, or the hornet back on the Biden administration. And, of course, Mayorkas and the whole hee-haw gang there. Let me let you hear this clip from Chuck Todd, basically on his show admitting, you know, okay, Governor Abbott kind of had a point on, <laughs> on that. Coming up, New York, uh, New York City's growing humanitarian crisis. The shelter system slammed by an influx of migrants. The new calls for federal help. I guess Greg Abbott was right. He said once he got blue cities to deal with this, that they would be... Uh, very upset at the federal government. You're watching Meet the Press now. 
Welcome back. Pressure is mounting on the Biden administration for multiple Democratic mayors and governors now as they seek additional assistance from the federal government in response to the influx of migrants coming to their communities. Massachusetts Governor Maura Healey became the latest Democratic governor to declare a state of emergency due to the surge of migrants arriving in her state. According to the governor, nearly 5,600 families or more than 20,000 individuals are currently in state shelters, including children and pregnant women. In a letter uh, to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, Healey slammed the administration for, quote, a federal crisis of inaction. Meanwhile, last week in New York City, scores of migrants were seen sleeping on the street outside the Roosevelt Hotel, which has been serving as a, a migrant arrival center as they wait to get processed through the intake center there. One of the main asks by officials in both New York and Massachusetts is for the administration to fast-track work permits for asylum seekers. Now from New York and Ron, you know, look, there's a lot of background to this story. And, it, you know, the governor of Texas had been complaining about the administration not helping for months. And he said, well, I'm going to start sending these migrants to blue states. Maybe they'll get some action. He's turned out to be right about this, that he knew that other governors, didn't matter, Democrat or Republican, would also feel uh, burdened by this. And sure enough, here we are. Yep. There they are. Uh, again, I, and I've been critical of Abbott. I, I mean, I understand why he did it. And he got the political effect he wanted, but he did it in violation of 8 U.S.C. 1324. Go look it up and you'll find out why. Uh, but, of course, the administration is also violating 8 U.S.C. 1324 as well. Everybody is. Uh, Texas troopers find 10 migrant children abandoned by smugglers near border. Texas DPS troopers find a group of 10 abandoned. These are the, the Texas Department of Public Safety troopers found a group of 10 migrant illegal uh, migrant children abandoned by human smugglers near the border with Mexico. Children range in age from 10 to 16 years old. DPS spokesperson Lieutenant Chris Oliveras tweeted a photo of a group of these children found near the border with Mexico. The children had been abandoned near Sullivan City after human smugglers moved them across the Rio Grande. Uh, Oliveras also reported the smugglers guided the group across the Rio Grande on a raft and then returned to Mexico. The troopers assigned to Governor Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star turned to the 10 children ages 10 to 16 over to the Rio Grande Valley Sector Border Patrol agents. Earlier this week, CBS Austin reported that Congressman Joaquin Castro, uh, who's a Democrat from Texas, called upon the Biden administration to end all cooperation between the Texas Department of Public Safety and U.S. Border Patrol agents. It is unclear what would, what would happen to uh, these migrant children abandoned in 100-plus degree heat along the Texas border under Castro's proposal. Quote, I'm calling on Biden administration to end all cooperation between U.S. Customs and Border Protection and the Department of Public Safety. Castro said during a press conference following a tour of the border near Eagle Pass, Texas, on Tuesday, which means he's all for, look, that just tells me he's all for open borders, erase the borders, who cares? Castro was on the border to get a briefing from Texas DPS officials regarding the floating border barrier put in place by Governor Abbott last month. During his visit, the Texas Democrat decried the state's use of razor wire along the border to deter illegal immigrant crossings. He also made no mention of the same type of wire being used by U.S. Customs and Border Protection at ports of entry. So it's okay if the Border Patrol folks do it under in Castro's mind, but not if uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety does it. If other, if other state officials do it, it's somehow wrong and inhumane. Border Patrol does it, well, it's all good. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, that they have, uh, there's, there's something that grows in the... This is our escape pod. The family wagon. 
the Coupe de Thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a day when everyone came together to celebrate and lift up our local communities? Well, here's some good news. There is such a day, and it's Colorado Gives Day, when we all can give to the causes we care about the most. From helping animals find forever homes, to nurturing creativity through music and art, supporting youth sports and mental health programs, assisting with housing needs, protecting our environment for future generations, enhancing education opportunities, fighting cancer, to ensuring no one goes hungry. There are lots of people and organizations that need your help, so here's your chance to do something for your community. No matter how much you give or who you give to, the result is the same. We all get to celebrate the magnitude of good we create together. Let's start a wave of generosity by giving now through December 5th at coloradogivesday.org. That's coloradogivesday.org. Colorado Gives Day. Easily the best day to give. Deserts, well, of the Southwest called peyote. You can smoke it, and it'll make you see and say some really crazy things. I don't know if that's what he's gotten into or not. It's mind-blowing. And by the way, he doesn't speak for a lot of Democrats in Texas, just for the for the record. A lot of them are complaining, have been complaining uh, at the top of their lungs at the Biden administration. Look, we got a problem down here, and the Biden administration has deaf ears. And that's another reason why there's this. We'll close with this before we move on to other things uh, coming up to the break here. Uh, the uh, Biden administration, to get those hard press passes, as they're called, to uh, to talk to uh, White House officials and ultimately the president. By the way, the president hasn't had a hard news conference. I mean, he's he's had a few little, I guess you could call them, quote unquote, pressers where he's taking a few questions from reporters yelling at him. But in terms of a of a of a real uh, shall we say uh, hardwood uh, press conference, he hasn't had one of those since November of last year. Begs the question: Why? Begs the question: Why? And it it's uh, well, kind of gives new meaning to the old uh, shall we say. Uh, bully pulpit what's 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 the problem here what's the problem and uh it looks like 400 and some odd press organizations found themselves kind of in the cold um on not getting those hard what they call the uh in, in the in the biz i guess the uh the hard press passes but a model of the bully pulpit, Biden warned on filtering out reporters. It's being reported by Bob Unruh, World Net Daily. In fact, uh, the administration told uh, to to renew uh, Christian news outlets, news uh, outlets to press pass or face appropriate action. Joe Biden, through his White House staff, has been told to renew a White House press pass for a, a longtime reporter there, appropriate action to not only vindicate his rights, but the right of the public to be exposed to a variety of voices will be pursued. The letter comes from a legal team representing Matthew Anthony Harper of Intermountain Christian News. He, along with hundreds hundreds of other reporters, were targeted by a change of rules adopted by officials working for Biden. 
uh, which made it trickier and more difficult to get those hard press passes. They now uniquely are demanding that White House reporters be accredited by other organizations in Washington, such as the Supreme Court or Congress, in order to be allowed to routinely cover events at the White House. In other words, you got you got to be considered. In other words, it's almost like a licensing. In order for us to consider you a true reporter, you have to be accredited or given some sort of a blessing by some other branch of the government. Really? Where is that in the First Amendment? Where, where is that in the freedom of the press of the First Amendment? I can't find it. Well, it's not in there. You can look for it all day during the week, and twice on Sunday you won't find it. Uh, so now legal team earlier sent a cease and desist notice to the White House, and now a letter from William J. Becker Jr. of Freedom uh, X and Paul A. Hoffman of Individual Rights Foundation was told uh, the, the White House it has, or told the White House it has failed to identify a compelling reason for the new policy requirements. The question is that the decision to revoke Harper's hard pass explained before that happens. Uh, quote, I additionally request that you explain the reason for the requirement that Dr. Harper poses, uh, possess rather credentials from other institutions in order to be issued a hard pass to cover the White House. His exclusive beat. Barring such explanations and, and should be, uh, should a decision be made not to renew Dr. Harper's hard pass, we'll have no choice but to take appropriate actions, which means uh, more than likely lawsuit. Uh, officials in Biden's White House have adopted the new policies, and they have claimed that they are to align practices with previous administrations, but the letter points out that's not accurate. You mean though somebody in the White House is lying? Say it isn't so. Quote, to the best of our knowledge, these criteria were not required in at least the past two administrations. Further, there appears a bias in the White House changes. Seems clear that this extensive overhaul of media access is an effort to exclude all but the most well-known media outlets and to filter out disfavored members of the press. Many of the excluded news organizations align with politically conservative or religious, religious news perspectives, which are sometimes parallel. The new policy in the White House authoritarian treatment of those who question the official narratives is excluding Americans from critical policy discussions and establishing a monolithic bully pulpit, the letter warns. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a form of censorship in a sense. They don't want the tough questions being asked. They don't want the tough questions being asked about what's going on at the border which the mainstream media rarely covers. They don't want the, the hard questions being asked about what the heck's going on with all, with all this influence peddling. They, uh, they don't want to answer those questions. And the mainstream media usually gives them a, a pass because most folks in the mainstream media tend to be aligned with the Democrats. Now, again, on this show, I don't do Democrat versus Republican because I'm fed up with both parties almost equally. But uh, facts are facts, and what's happening is what's happening. And this, you know, to, to reduce uh, pretty much the hard pass, uh, the numbers I saw were 1,400 and some being reduced down to 900 and some, the hard pass possessors. I mean, you're, you're pretty much telling about a third of the press corps to hit the road. And then on top of that, you haven't had a hardcore uh, press conference since November of last year. Well, the, the also, the other thing that the, many people are starting to notice uh, in in some of the media is what's going on cognitively with Joe Biden. So this is all sort of circling the wagons. This is a white house. This, these are the earmarks, if you will, of a white house under siege, a white house with problems. This is Nixonian gang. I keep saying this, this stuff is making Watergate look kind of flimsy. This is Nixonian type stuff. This is what you would expect from a corrupt administration. Uh, let's take a break. Here's just another sign for you. Another another signpost.
More Christian Talk That Rock straight ahead. Hi, I'm Danny Aiello. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Several FBI offices contributed to the anti-Catholic memo, refuting uh, Chris Ray's testimony, according to lawmakers. Being reported by Brianna Hurley, Fox News, uh, House lawmakers say FBI documents they've obtained to prove that several field offices contributed to a memo that targeted traditionalist Catholics as potential terrorists, conflicting with recent sworn testimony from FBI Director Christopher Ray. Chris Ray lied. Chris Ray lied. Let that one just hang in the air for a minute. Imagine that. Uh, Republican leadership on the House Judiciary Committee revealed in a letter sent to Ray on Wednesday that said the document they subpoenaed from, agent, from the agency details how both FBI Portland and FBI Los Angeles field offices were involved in or contributed to the creation of FBI's assessment of traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. This new information suggests that the FBI's use of its law enforcement capabilities to intrude on Americans' First Amendment rights is more widespread than initially suspected, that according to Chairman Jim Jordan and co-chair Representative Mike Johnson that they wrote in the letter. The information also contradicts Ray's congressional testimony that the FBI's anti-Catholic initiative was a single product by a single field office, unquote. The FBI Richmond internal memo titled Interest of Racially or Ethically Motivated Violent Extremists in in, uh, Radical Traditionalist Catholic Ideology almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities, unquote, say that ten times fast, that was the name of the operation, was leaked in January and drew instant criticism from Republicans. Well, it was the internal memo, not the name of the operation, but it was the the title of the memo. Uh, But the translated ultimately into the operation. It identified radical traditionalist Catholics as, quote, potential racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and said that racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, or MVEs, and radical traditionalist Catholic RTC ideology almost certainly represents opportunities for threat mitigation through the exploration of new avenues for uh, tripwire and source development. Following the leak of the memo, the FBI uh, told uh, Fox News Digital, for example, that the headquarters quickly began taking action to remove the document from the FBI systems and conduct a review of the basis for the document. Okay. So uh, Chris Ray fibbed again. 
He is an absolute disaster. He's a Republican, by the way. He is an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. He's a company man. Biggest mistake Donald Trump, well, one of the biggest mistakes, uh, I would say that Donald Trump ever made. He made a few. Putting Chris Ray in charge of the uh, of the FBI. What a disaster. It recommended to him, by the way, by Chris Christie. After Chris Christie making the apologies for that. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, I want to pick up on something I started last week, uh, which is, uh, and it's dovetailing into this, New Testament giving. What does what does the Bible say about New Testament giving? We, we took on the whole tithing doctrine. I won't uh, retread that, go back and listen to last week's sh- show or the last episode before this one uh, about the uh, tithing doctrine in the church, which I believe is a parascriptural uh, doctrine, it is a, it is a form of pouring something into the into the text, and rather taking some rather than interpreting the text, trying to pour something into it. There was no unction from the Lord ever in the Old Testament under the law to tithe money. Now you could you could convert the uh, under certain circumstances, uh, you it, which I spelled out. You could convert the tithe to money, uh, and then it even says there in Deuteronomy about that you could even uh, go purchase strong drink with it. Some translations say beer. I just make sure you you know give a little bit to the uh, Levi who was who was with you. But what was tithed was agricultural comestibles or products, agricultural products, livestock, and uh, you know things that were grown from the ground. That's what was tithed, and even on into the New Testament, um, the I'm going to show it and I'm going to prove that here even further. But we're going to get into a New Testament model for giving. Um, never were the early Christians encouraged to quote-unquote tithe their money to cough up 10% or else and being beat over the head with Micah chapter 3. If you do things by the law, you're cursed by the law. You're under the law. Uh, Jesus fulfilled the law laying the law aside. He didn't abolish it, but he laid it aside. And then we have a new covenant in blood, a love covenant, a blood covenant in love, if you will, or a love covenant in blood, however you want to look at it, uh, with Christ. Okay, so there's a new covenant. And... Uh, I went into the the couple of times you see tithing mentioned in the New Testament and put those in context. And neither one of those is um, an unction to Christians that they better cough up 10% or else, or God's going to punish you. But, But having said that, the principle of tithing is valid, I do believe, under the New Testament in terms of we are to give. We are to give. And we will be blessed. But here is, but the, the, the church I want to argue today is a self-contained kind of an economic system of sorts. And there is a New Testament model of giving. And it started and it emerged back in the book of Acts, frankly. Uh, I want to start now with Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 45. This is from the Revised Standard Version, 41. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship the breaking of bread, and prayers. Did you get that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Those are the four main pillar church activities. Supposed to be within our, within our churches today. How often does that happen? And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders, and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
Let me repeat that. This is verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. I, I read that one time a number of years ago. I thought this sounds like communism. Well, I'm not here to endorse communism, but what, but I, what I will say is that communism and socialism are, and Marxism are uh, counterfeits to some extent of this. Satanic counterfeits of this. This can only be done, this sense of community, this sense of uh, communal attitude, if you will, um, is biblical. But what has been presented to the world is a counterfeit, a, 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 a demonic, a satanic counterfeit of this. You see, the devil likes to take things of God and counterfeit them and mess them up, twist them up, warp them up a little bit. He's a pro at that. He does it all the time. That's his M.O. That's what Satan does and his minions. But this idea of a sense of community, more accurately, uh, began in the early church and should still be in place. All who believe were together and had all things in common. And it went on to say, and they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. Okay, and again, socialism, communism is a counterfeit of this. This wasn't done by jackbooted thugs. This was done by the power of the Holy Spirit and unction from the Lord himself. Not governed by jackbooted thugs. Okay, and I'm not here to, please don't hear what I'm saying, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not here to endorse communism and socialism. I've just said I think they're satanic in origin. Uh, Marxism and all that jazz. Um, but this idea of sense of community and sense of what mine is yours is what we should have within the church. Okay. Moving down to uh, Acts chapter four, verses 31 through 36, 31, uh, beginning with 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Can you imagine that? That's a pretty powerful prayer, right? And they were all filled with what? The Holy Spirit and spoke the word of. This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. You. It's not just a letter in our name. You are at the heart of everything we do. CU Medicine delivers personalized care for you. Our primary and specialty care clinics offer convenient in-person and virtual care appointments. Our team of clinical experts listen and understand your unique needs using the latest medical science and technology. Because at CU Medicine, we see you as more than a patient. We see your whole story. To find a provider, visit cumedicine.us. God boldly. Then down to 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. Now this this comes after they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They prayed they prayed such an incredible prayer and prayed so hard the plague the earthquake. That's some pretty boy, that's some pretty powerful, serious praying, is it not? Now I've never prayed and there's been an earthquake. Maybe you have. But the Holy Spirit came on them so boldly and so strongly. And then and then this happened. As a byproduct. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Well, yeah, because they could point back to a group of people who were living it. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just rhetoric. They could point back to a group of people who were living this thing, 
who were loving one another so completely that they were sharing, in many cases, their possessions and belongings, saying, what's mine is yours, brother, if you need it. Then it says in verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, because they could, th- there was part of that testimony in part because they could point back to this. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Uh, it, it says in that verse on the 34 that there was no needy person among them. Imagine that. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. In other words, these were their nest eggs. These were their investments. They liquidated their investments and sold them and brought the money from the sales. Uh, uh, Then back to uh, to verse 35 and put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. By the way, that's uh, book of Acts uh, 31 through 36 NIV. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field. Down to verse 37, sold a field, owned, and and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. He liquidated his nest egg. You get that? Now, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, this is from the Revised Standard Version. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews. The the Hellenists being the Greeks, the Greek Jews that were now Christians. Everybody was now Christians, but the the Greek ones, uh, who were Jews first and then became Christians. Uh, Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. A little bit of racism, if you will, got a prejudice got in there. And the Hebrew uh, widows, the Jewish widows, were getting preferential treatment over the Greek widows is what it really kind of boiled down to. Because their widows were neglected in the daily, the daily distribution. There was a daily distribution of what was contributed and offered to those that had legitimate need. Do you understand? And they weren't building a big temple here, a big church house. They weren't getting funds together to go build a big, you know, church house and put a big phallic symbol on, on top of it. Down to verse two. And, and the 12 summoned the body of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this duty. That is to oversee this daily distribution. This, in other words, what was given to the church to make sure it got to those who had actual genuine need. You follow me? Therefore, brethren, pick out among you seven men of good repute, had good reputations, no sticky fingers, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. These are, these are, these are wise guys in the good sense of the word. Whom we may appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And, and this was the, the, the development of the office of deacon, guys. And what they said pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, and Parmenas, uh, Par- rather, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, by the way. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them, gave them the full blessing, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Again, because they could go back and see a people who were ministering to each other in love by giving to each other, taking care of each other, saying, brother, if you need it, I'm, I'll give it to you. And, and, and it said there was a needy person amongst them. 
Even the priests knew that this was supernatural. They were probably recalling how uh, back in the days of Moses, there was the uh, the manna that fell down. Of course, they made the banana bread, right? The manna fell down, and it says some gathered a little, some gathered a lot, but they put it all together. Everybody had enough, right? They knew that was supernatural. They could see God's fingerprint on this. They knew that this was supernatural. These people were giving and taking care of each other and loving each other in practical, real ways by giving to one another. Let's jump down to 1 Corinthians, uh, or over to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, again, Revised Standard Version. Uh, beginning, beginning uh, verse 1, chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. Uh, down to verse, uh, well, down to, do, 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 we're going to say down to verse uh, 13. And then we'll take a break. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Revised Standard Version, a collection for the saints. First verse. Now concerning the contribution for the saints, contribution for who? The saints. For who? The saints. That portion of the verse reads, now concerning the contribution for the saints. Okay? What goes into the contribution plate, the first folks that that should be for, I'm not saying the pastor shouldn't get their cut, is for the saints. It's for those in need. That's what the contributions in your church are supposed to be for, the person next to you who's in need. That's first priority, gang. That's first priority. As I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, that would be Sunday, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. Notice he didn't say 10%. And store it up, <coughs> excuse me, as he, may, as he may prosper. In other words, give out of what you have, not out of what you don't have. So that contributions need not be made when I come. In other words, he didn't beat you over the head to cough it up. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. In other words, here is financial um, financial transparency and accountability. How many churches and ministries fail and fall by shenanigans going on with the money? And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredited by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable, they, they were taking up they were taking up a collection for the Jerusalem saints that were getting stuff taken because they were getting kicked out of their houses and persecuted and all over the place. Um, that I should go also, that they will accompany me. And he says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter. How about that for, for ministry? How many ministers you know show up and kind of hang out in your town for two or three months? They usually are in and out in a few hours. Pick up the check and roll, right? So that you may speed me on my journey wherever I go. Now, I understand this was ancient times. Yada, yada, get that. They didn't have airplanes and stuff. But still. So for I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you. I want to really hang out with you. If the Lord permits. He wants to disciple these people. Wants to share with them. Learn from them. Learn from him. You know. That's what it's all about. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work has opened for to me and uh, their many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord, as I am. So let no one despise him. Speed him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him uh, with the brethren. And he goes on about a brother Apollos. I urge him to visit with you as well. and hang. So they're, you know, like, hang out, fellowship. All right, let's take a pause. Are you starting, are you starting to see a picture emerge here? I hope you are. Let's uh, take a break. I've got more. I'm going to run along in this broadcast, but so be it. Back with more as Christian Talk That Rocks continues.
Are there some things about your life that you wish were different? Actually, it's not too late for a change. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. I would like to give you at this moment the opportunity of changing the direction of your life, the eternal destiny of your life, and the condition of your life. And here's how you can do that. You can recognize honestly that you're a sinner, that you've sinned against God, and that you don't deserve anything. So the invitation is this, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and acknowledge that you've never trusted him as your Savior. You've tried to do good, but the Bible states that that doesn't work. He says, by works of righteousness which you've done, no person's ever been saved. I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ into your life, asking him to forgive you of your sins, surrendering yourself to him personally, and saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to live your life in and through me. I need the forgiveness of my sins. I do want to go to heaven when I die, but I want my life to count now. And most of all, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Learn more about how Jesus Christ can change the course of your life. Visit us at intouch.org. All right, so picking back up in, uh, with our little uh, teaching here. 2 Corinthians 8, this is a Revised Standard Version, Chapter 8, Encouragement to be Generous. Uh, we'll begin with verse 1. We want you to know, brethren, about the grace of God which has been shown in the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, in other words, they were having a real rough time of it, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, you know, these people hardly had a window, to, uh, a pot to put it in, a window to sling it out of, have overflowed in a wealth of liberality on their part. They, they still gave what they could. For they gave, he said, according to their means. Okay? They gave according to their means, what they were able to, and he says, I can testify in some of them, I said, and beyond their means, of their own own free will not because the apostle paul beat him over the head with micah chapter three begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints this is still the same mission to relieve the saints in jerusalem that you know lost everything because they were kicked out of their houses and persecuted knocked around and everything else the the uh, christian jews that were still in jerusalem and this not as we expected but first they gave themselves to the lord they prayed and talked about it over, 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 to, over with the Lord and us by will of God. According we have, accordingly, we have urged Titus that as he had already made the beginning, he should also complete among you this gracious work, this work of giving and receiving. It's a work. Now, as you excel in everything in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gracious work also, this work of giving to those in need within the church. They weren't just taking this stuff for every bum on the street in Jerusalem. This was going to this, a relief effort for the Christians in Jerusalem that were getting hammered. Do you understand? This is an in-house, by and large, ministry. Uh... He says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine, because a genuine love produces giving. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only begotten son. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this manner, 
uh, I, I give my advice. It is best for you now to complete what a year ago you began, not only to, to do, but to desire, to, you know, this setting aside to help these folks out so that your readiness and desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have, not out of what you don't have. He's asked them to give out of what they have, not give till it hurts. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a man has, not according to what he has not. He, he makes that very clear. I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of equality, your abundance at this present time should supply their want so that their abundance may supply your want. In other words, there may be a time when you're down and out and you need help and then they're going to have it for you. That there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much had nothing over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Again, that's going back to the time of Moses in Exodus when the banana bread came down. Remember the manna? And they made banana bread, remember? I referenced that earlier. That's what he's talking about. That was supernatural. Uh, commendation of Titus, but thanks to God, this is down to 16, but, be, but uh, thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus, for he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel, and not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work, which we are carrying on. Um, this relief effort for the glory of the Lord and to show our goodwill, we intend that no one should blame us about this liberal gift, which we are admitting. In other words, you can't say, oh, well, you just did it because you probably took a 10% cut out of it, and you probably did it for yourself. You know, none of that nonsense. Or, well, you know, you know well, we heard it was a lot more than this. Uh, for we, In other words, accountability for the, for, the, for the money, for the giving, or whatever they gave, money and food and whatever. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in sight of men. Okay? The, the, in other words, transparency and accountability here to the hilt. And with them we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many manners. In other words, when it comes to the money and churches handling money, there has to be transparency and I mean accountability to the hilt. Think about how the devil got in on Jesus' ministry. It was through Judas Iscariot, who was what? The treasurer. Satan will, will try his best to get into a ministry every time via the money. We've seen it happen. Look how many ministries have crumbled. And with them we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of this great confidence in you. In other words, these people are very trustworthy. Look at the network of people that they got in on this thing that are trustworthy. Look at the accountability. It's like a board. Uh, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker in your service. And as for you, our brethren, they are messengers and of, and of the church of the glory of Christ. And then, no, 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 we'll skip a bit there. Down to Second Corinthians chapter 9. Again, Revised Standard Version. I like the flavor of that on this particular stuff. The collection, again, for the Christians at Jerusalem. Now, it is superfluous It is superfluous for me to write to you about the offering for the saints. For the who? The offering for who? The saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. That reminds me of the verse, learn how to stir, uh, to, to stir one another up towards good works and deeds. It's a verse of scripture. I'll go let you look it up where that's at. But I am sending the brethren so that you are boasting about you may not prove vain in this case so that you may be ready. In other words, they don't want to go there and beat them over the head with this stuff. Cough it up. As I said, you would be. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren to go on to you before me and arrange in advance for this gift. You have promised. 
In other words, let's make sure that it's it's legit and good to go. You see the accountability here all over the place uh, for what is being offered. So that it may be ready not as an exaction. Some translations say not by compulsion. Not as an exaction. Not like a tax. Cough it up or else. 10% or else. But as a willing gift. Point is this. That he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's true. Um, now, some of the word faith people have twisted that out of context, but it is true. The, car, art, the heart of that is true. Each one must do as he is made up in his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. These are good works, gang. As it is written, one of the big good works. He, he scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So uh, as, as fellow believers in Christ, one of our primary works is to help our fellow believers who are struggling. You supply seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your resources. May get a promotion at your job. May get a new job. Paying more money. Might get two jobs. I don't know. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for great generosity which to us will produce thanksgiving to God for the rendering of this service not only supplies the wants of the saints, but also overflows in many thanksgivings to God. It creates an attitude of thanksgiving towards God, an attitude of gratitude. You follow? When this is practiced within the church, it it produces a great thanksgiving towards God, which the Lord appreciates. Uh, Verse 13, under the test of this service. Now, some translations say the experimentation of this service. Uh, in other words, test God on this, on this model of giving. You will glorify God by your obedience in acknowledging the gospel of Christ. This is acknowledgement of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you, the grace of God, not because you're being obedient to the law. Thanks be to God for, for his inexpressible gift. Ultimately, the gift of Christ is what he's referring to there. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10, 21st century King James Version. Quote, uh, this is uh, verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Law's already been fulfilled when you do that. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. This is written down to verse 9. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false. In other words, talking about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. Uh, he says, and if there be any other commandment, all are briefly uh, uh, comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All right. Uh, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. This has to be done in love, gang. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led, cap- he, he led captive the captives, uh, and he gave gifts to people. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 6 through 18, New American Standard Bible. Now, this expression, he, asc- he ascended, uh, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also. He who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, 
In other words, this is the ministry of the saints to the saints for the equipping of the saints. Equipping them for what? Well, what we've been talking about, gang, as well as sharing the gospel. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. In other words, to grow up in Christ. This is part of growing up in Christ. This is the way a mature Christian and mature churches act. Just what we've been reading. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness, deceitful scheming, Look at all the deceitful schemers that are on TV right now begging you for money. Sow that faith seed. And then they're living lavish lifestyles. They're not sharing that money with anybody in need. Not much of it anyway. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Look at all the false doctrines floating through the church right now. Not the least of which is the prosperity doctrine. uh, The name and claim it blab it and grab it crowd. But some of the other stuff that's gone through the church. Some of the other false doctrines and new age-isms and other isms that have gone through the church in this age of apostasy that we're in. We'll get into that next week. By the trickery of people, by craftiness, uh, in deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, being honest and being loving about it. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by uh, by what every joint supplies. You see, this is a self-contained thing here. This is a self-contained economy to some extent. According to the proper working of each individual part that causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And this has to be all done in love, under the banner of love, giving in love. You understand? The one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor. This is down to verse 28, producing with his own hands what is good so that there will so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. In other words, you're not just working for a living, you're working for a giving to your fellow brother and sister in need. Are you getting the picture here? Acts 20, verses 32 through 35, NIV, the International Version. Uh, begin with verse 32. Now commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold. This is when he was talking to the Ephesians. I have not coveted anyone's silver, or gold, or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In other words, he financed through his own tent-making business. That's what he's talking about here. Not only his own personal needs, but the needs of his whole ministry team. Through his business. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus. Some translations say those in need. Uh, Remembering the words of of the Lord Jesus himself, who said it is more blessed to give than to receive. You get that? Now he had a right to take a bit a bit of a cut of what was offered because he was a, a you know a, an apostle of the Lord. He was working full-time ministry, but he financed his ministry by his business, by his by these other uh if you want to call them side hustles or whatever, but by his business which was basically a tent making business. Paul was a tent maker. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, New King James Version. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So anyone who wants to try and sort of uh, take advantage of the system, so to speak, and kick back and go, oh, yeah, I'm in need and, uh, and never work, or just live off the church and the generosity of the church, uh, no. You don't work, you don't eat. You don't get a cut. Sorry. Galatians 6.10, King James Version. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, but especially unto them who are of the household of faith. This is predominantly gang and in-house ministry. There's nothing wrong with helping the bum on the street. But notice that these collections of what was given wasn't being thrown out to the bum on the street. It wasn't open soup kitchens for just every Tom, Dick, and Harry coming along. I'm not saying there's necessarily something wrong with that, but that's not the priority here. The priority of our giving must be first to take care of our brothers and sisters within the church. Again, this is a self-contained economic deal, not to just throw it out to every bum on the street. Are you getting that? James chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Here we go. And also verses 14 through 20, NASB. Favoritism forbidden. On uh, My brothers and sisters, beginning with verse uh, 2. I'm sorry, uh, beginning in chapter 2, verse 1. This is James. Letter, a letter from James. My brother and sister, brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord and Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in his filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man or the bum, you stand over there. You know, you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt. You didn't dress up for church. You go over here. Sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? How often does that happen in churches on Sunday morning? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Don't despise the poor, in other words, even in your fellowship. But have you dishonored the poor? Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him whom you belong to whom you belong. If you really keep the Royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second time we've heard that, right? You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as law breakers. Cause if you try to keep one part of the law or you break one part of the law, you've broken the whole other thing, all the, all the rest of it. Now faith and works. He goes on to 14. Here's the key point. What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Now, what works is he talking about? Well, hold tight. He gets to that. Can that faith save him? This isn't working for salvation. This is works as proof that you got salvation. It's fruit of the spirit, in other words. He goes on to say in 15, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of, notice he says a brother or sister, not a bum on the street. If a brother or sister, a genuine a brother and sister in the faith, is without clothing and in need of daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. And how many times does that happen on churches on Sunday morning? Yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Your faith is dead, in other words. In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead. Being by itself. But some of them will say, you have faith and I have work. Show me your faith without the works. And I will show you my faith by my works. My faith goes into action. It's not just words. That's what he's saying. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, 
that faith without works is useless. In other words, the proof of a true live faith is what we've been talking about, gang. What I have been sitting here reading scripture after scripture of. You understand? Are you getting the linkage here? Verse Timothy, verses 5 through 8, English Standard Version. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith. This is the faith, gang. And is worse than an unbeliever. It's a big part of it, I should say. And is worse than an unbeliever. If you don't provide for your own people and your own family and your own home, and you want everybody else to take care of them, well, you've denied the faith. Don't don't talk about what a great Christian you are and how hallelujah Jesus. You're actually worse than an unbeliever, according to what Paul wrote Timothy. Also, 1 Timothy 5.16. This is from the Berean Standard Bible. If any believing woman has dependent widows, she must assist them and not allow the church to be burdened. In other words, if you've got family members, you've got a grandma, don't just expect the church to take care of grandma. If you've got the ability to take care of grandma, you need to be taking care of grandma. In other words, if you've got family members that you ought to be providing for, and should be providing for and can provide for. Don't look at the church to take care of these folks. Don't burden them with. Don't burden the church with them. You take care of them. That's not the church's responsibility. If you've got it to give to your own family members, then then take care of your own people. Don't slough them off on the church. Don't put them off in a church nursing home. That's your job. If any believing woman has dependent widows, she must assist them and not allow the church to be burdened so that they can help the widows who are truly in need. In other words, real widows they have nobody, nobody, no family to help them. Their family's gone, dead, whatever. Never had kids, whatever. And they are all alone, genuine widows who are really having a rough time to help them, you see. Um, up against the clock here, time to end things. But I wanted to share this and share it in context so that you could get an idea. And there's more verses than this, but I got the key ones, I think that the church is a self-contained economic system of sorts and that and that the what is supposed to be given and even back in the old testament what was tithe what did it go for and well it went for the, the the widows the orphans those in genuine need it also went to those in ministry of course and what is contributed in, in this system also goes to the ministers in need as well but the first priority is Everyone else in the church who has legitimate need, not want necessarily, but legitimate need. Okay? And to make sure there's accountability and making sure that what's contributed gets to those who have the need. That that was the original office of deacon. But what, what are deacons and churches doing nowadays? Everything but that. Printing up flyers and uh, driving the this, this school church bus and whatever else. They're doing everything but this in many cases. It's not biblical. Uh, next week, we're going to take a look at this house of God mentality, which sucks up uh, this temple mentality, almost a replacement form of theology, if you will, that sucks up so much of the resources that this can't be done, or it's difficult to do this. But here here we are shown in Scripture, this is the model, this is the template for how the church is supposed to take care of itself and those within the church. And gang, we're going to need to know this when the, when the stuff hits the fan in our economy, which I don't think is too terribly far away. We've got to be living this. And through and in this model that I just laid out here in Scripture, and I've got more to come next week or the next show, in that model, the Lord will bless believers and will sustain us via this template. This is the template. This is the model. This is the first century church model. 
And they went house to house fellowshipping and breaking bread, it says in the book of Acts. House to house. Not church house to church house, by the way. <laughs> they didn't, when all this came out, they didn't get a building fund going to build a brand new temple to Jesus. That, and, and that didn't happen. And, and they and for many decades and a couple, three centuries on out, that didn't happen. They didn't view it like that. And we'll get into a lot of that next week. On that note, time to call it a day. Be sure to check out the websites, christiantalkthrocks.net and .com. Be sure to take care of those that you love. And remember, God is love. See you next time. This is our escape pod. The family wagon. The coupe de thrill. And with the Keep Colorado Wild Pass, it's our year-round ticket to Colorado State Parks for only $29 when we renew our truck registration. So we get more lakes, more mountains, more time in our happy place. Now, let's see if these fish are biting. Escape to your happy place. Get your Keep Colorado Wild Pass with your next vehicle registration. At Easy Cater, we know ordering food for work can get complicated pretty fast. We're going to need breakfast for the entire office on Thursday. Janet wants really nice bagels. Make sure some are gluten-free. Make sure they have great coffee. Can there also be waffles? Janet has a hard stop at 9.30. $15 a person, I'm gonna Max. I'm going to need itemized resources. Is the budget for breakfast different than the budget? You're just going to grab a Company breakfast? Just use Easy Cater. Food for work delivered on time as ordered with a huge variety. 100,000 restaurants, one platform. Order 24-7 at easycater.com.